0: Hello and welcome to the Baseball America podcast. I'm Matt Eddy, alongside Ben Badler, our second ever podcast together. Uh, we, Among the topics we'll be discussing today are prospects who did not open with the Major League team, but who figured to be up pretty pretty shortly. Uh, we're going to talk about some Rule 5 picks, and we're going to get into some reader questions. Ben, I know uh, you've been following the Reds' rotation, uh, rotation situation pretty closely this spring. It looks like Homer Bailey is officially been optioned to AAA. Uh, what were the reasons for that, and who figures to take his place in the rotation?
1: Yeah, Bailey really, really struggled this spring. He's uh, he's had some health problems uh, within the last year or so, and he walked. I think he walked 16 batters in his 19 innings uh, in spring training this year. We don't really look much at spring training stats. Obviously, though, that's something that that really stands out. Uh, one of the interesting things is that the Reds had to make uh, his last spring training start on only three days rest. Uh, and then he walked, he had a weird line, he walked six batters in four and a third innings, uh, still didn't give up any earned runs, gave up one unearned run. But obviously he was a little bit disappointing in spring training uh, for them. On the other hand, the Reds do have two guys who have been getting about as much buzz as anyone else during spring training in Johnny Cueto, uh, right-handed pitcher, uh, who they signed out of Latin America, and also Edinson Volquez, the pitcher, a right-hander who they acquired from the Texas Rangers uh, in exchange for Josh Hamilton. Those two guys have been, from all the reports we've heard, excellent in uh, excellent so far in spring training. And none of that really comes as uh, to a surprise to us because both of those guys really dominated last year in the minor leagues. Volquez isn't really a, a prospect anymore by our... Uh, prospect eligibility definitions, but he really turned it on in the second half last year after they sent him all the way back down from AAA. Uh, he'd even been in the majors at that point, sent him down to, to A-ball to work on his command, really improved his command, and now he's, he's really, really coming into his own right now. Uh, whereas Cueto is a guy, he's still uh, young, young 20s right now, uh, three-plus pitches, and he really is a guy who I think could, if not this year, uh, could really take off as a,
0: as a star in Major League Baseball uh, pretty shortly. Yeah, it's an interesting mix. You pair those two young guns with uh, the established Aaron Harang, Bronson Arroyo, and big with Josh Fogg in the fifth spot to, to start the year. And you can see that uh, you know there might not have been room for Bailey even had he performed this spring. So, you know, he's got some things to work on in AAA. And he's back for return engagement. Um, and moving from the Reds to <laughs> probably the most talked about demotion of the spring, Evan Longoria, you know last year's, I believe is the Southern League MVP, He played for a Durham, a A team that went to the IL finals. Uh, he finds himself back in Durham to begin the year. You know some from the devil race perspective, you get him a little more seasoning. You also delay the point in which he can become arbitration eligible, they hope, and free agent eligible. They know if they keep him down long enough. To me at least, I wonder whether they're doing the best they, the best they can do to put the best team on the field, considering that Willie really Ibar is his replacement.
1: Right, and that's and certainly for 2008, I think if you're only concerned about 2008, I think the best thing, uh, if you're only worried about 08, obviously Longoria is easily the better player. Uh, he easily deserves to be the starting third baseman, and he'll he'll probably be up very shortly. For the Rays, it's just uh, a matter of trying to keep Longoria for an extra year. If they keep him down on the farm uh, for the first month of the season, for example, uh, they'll he they won't start his service clock, and they'll be able to keep him for an extra year. Uh, for me, I, I think that is that is a smart move for the Rays because you're sacrificing one month. Of Evan Longoria in 2008, when, I mean, the Rays are trying, they're all, it sounds like they're saying, and it, it seems like on paper they have a team that could be a 500 team, maybe even a little bit better. But when you're in a division with the, the Red Sox and the Yankees, first of all, not to mention a, 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 a revved up Tigers team this year, the Indians, uh, the Angels in the West, it's a very competitive uh, league in the American League. I think maybe if they were in the National League, it might be a little bit different. Uh, You saw that last year with uh, the Rockies starting the year with Troy Tulewitzki at shortstop, uh, not really worrying about his service clock. And obviously for them, it came down to to the last day and even beyond the last day for them. So obviously a move like that, uh, that's one of the risks and the the rewards that you have to balance when you're a team. Uh, For the Rays, though, I think they made the right decision uh, in keeping him down on the farm. Uh, Certainly there's there's reasons, though, why you might even want to start him in the major leagues, though. And certainly it's been a, a point of contention. Uh, for for Rays fans and for for Rays players as well, uh,
0: not quite as surprising as the Longoria or Bailey options to AAA would be uh, Cameron Maven, a player who reached the majors last year, but kind of an emergency call up for the Tigers. Uh, now with the Marlins, uh, they assigned him to Double A this week. Um, I, guess, I guess what's notable there is are the players who are going to be manning center field for the Marlins, or project to anyway, Alfredo Amazaga and uh, Alejandro DeAzza. You know, it's tough to get fired up about those guys, whereas maven is a is a true five tool the potential player.
1: yeah, I, the the Marlins obviously, I, I don't think they have very high expectations for the for their team this year, uh, or at least they'll'll they'll probably win somewhere in the ballpark of around seventy games this year, it seems like. so Maven's a guy he really hasn't had much experience above double a. I mean the Tigers brought him up to to the major leagues last year. Kind of struggled there in a very very limited playing time. Um, I think that some people thought that he might start the year just because of how great his tools are uh, and how great he was at high A last year. Uh, they thought maybe he might be able to start in center field and make that kind of jump uh, that Hanley Ramirez made when he came over to the Marlins, jumping uh, from Double A to the majors. But he, sh- he didn't have he didn't have a very good spring training. I don't know how much stuff the the Marlins actually put into those uh, forty or so at bats or whatever he had in spring training, but I think it was it's there could have been some temptation there to try to say, all oh, right, yeah, we traded Miguel Cabrera, but you know here's Cameron Mabin we got, so we'll we'll put him in in the major leagues to appease our fans and appease the media." But I think they made the right move in, in keeping him down on the farm and giving him some more time to develop because he, he does have great tools and we do think very highly of him. He's a, he's one of the top. Ten prospects in Major League Baseball, and he had a great year last year,
0: but there's still a lot of development that I st- that I think he still needs to do. The Ramirez comp is especially interesting. Uh, a couple of years ago, Henry Ramirez hadn't had anything like the minor league success that Maven had. You know, the tools are comparable, but he hadn't so, had that track record. But the Marlins go out and start him, and this year they're facing a similar lack of options at Maven's position, and they decide not to. I mean maybe, maybe they were at a different point in their development they would have they thought internally but I don't
1: know yeah and it, it may it makes you even trust the Marlins decision that much more if they if they recognized before that you know Ramirez probably was ready at, at that point in time to start in the major leagues whereas they look at maven now and say all right there's some things that you know he needs to go down in the minor leagues and work on uh, maybe maybe for example cutting down on his strikeouts uh, or just improving his overall uh, batting approach. Uh, he does have a pretty good approach right now. A little too many strikeouts right now. Probably needs to make contact a little more uh, frequently to take advantage of his tools, but it, it gives you a little more confidence in the Marlins' decision-making process that they, that they were right before, and now if they have the uh, the restraint to be able to hold him back now, certainly certainly gives you a, a good,
0: good thought about that. Okay, and uh, teams kind of... We had, we had three teams... Active yesterday, making trades as as they realize, uh, eh, this player's out of options. We're not going to run for him. We got to move him. Uh, one such player is Justin Huber, the first baseman, sort of outfielder for the for the Royals. Uh, they shipped him to the Padres for a player to be named. So they obviously weren't targeting anything anything uh, extravagant. They're out of options, player. Uh, so they sent him to the Padres, clouding a, a very already muddled outfield situation for the Padres. Padres already sending down Chase Headley, who they had worked out in left field, um, and leaving them with with Scott Hairston, Justin Huber, uh, Calix Crab, Rule Five pick. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty crowded. Uh, there was one played, or J- Jody Garrett, of course. Jody Garrett, Winter League star and uh, and spring training performer. So it'll be interesting to see what the what the Padres do there with the, with these glut of outfielders they have now. Um, and what this means for Headley is he gets time at AAA. You know, he's a guy who was a Texas League MVP last year. You know, I don't know what he has left to work on, but Potters are going to buy him some time on the farm.
1: Yeah, and and certainly with him, one of the differences between Headley versus a guy like you know Jay Bruce in Cincinnati or Longoria, who we hit on a little bit earlier, uh, or any of these other guys who might be sent down, more so for to in terms of controlling their their service clocks. Headley, they can at least say that, you know, he, he was a third baseman last year. Now he's going to left field. Uh, so there, there is a legitimate, especially in a, a large ballpark like Petco, there's, you know, outfield defense is, is pretty important out there. And obviously the Padres realize that. Uh, they also have Garrett's also kind of a, an interesting guy. He had a, a great winner, just a really, really great winner. He's in consideration for our winner player of the year award, uh, which ultimately went to Emilio Bonifacio. Uh, who helped uh, Licey go to the uh, to the Caribbean Series, hit leadoff for them. But you know, Garrett could be an interesting comeback story in the making, possibly. Uh, maybe the Padres think that, but uh, certainly at some point this year, we certainly expect Headley to be up there and uh, contributing to the Padres at some point.
0: Yeah, Headley and Matt Antonelli, the second baseman, mm. and potentially Wade LeBlanc, the left-hander. Um, okay. We, I'm looking at the question here. If you, if you do have. Questions for us, it's podcast at baseballamerica.com and we will. Answer them in a somewhat timely fashion. Uh, but I'm, but I'm seeing here that the question is actually about Longoria, who we already talked at length about. So consider that more a uh, reminder. As to what the address is. Um, and we want to close. Talking about, uh, so some Rule five picks looking good in camp and who will make the major league. 25-man rosters, at least, to to begin the year. Probably the best story is Brian Barton, I think. A a fascinating, toolsy player. Picked up unprotected by the Indians. Not clear exactly why, but picked up by the Cardinals. Having a great spring, and he's going to make the team. Along with Wesley Wright, uh, a live arm left-hander. The Astros are going to keep him. Uh, Fernando Fernando Hernandez, the A's right-hander. Randy Wells, the converted catcher with the Blue Jays. And uh Garrett Guzman, who was actually traded for by the nationals, so he's no longer considered a five pick. I mean Barton to me is a guy who jumps out in in this in this uh in this group. He has a chance to maybe not live up to reach the heights of Josh Hamilton or Joaquin Soria from last year, but he reminds me a little bit of, of Jesus Flores, who the Mets left unprotected and now regret, you know. Mm-hmm. Tools, a young player.
1: Yeah, and in the Rule Five draft, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a guy obviously who's, who's just a, a great prospect or anything like that. They're all gonna have their flaws. Josh Hamilton last year was obviously a, a tremendous pickup, uh, for the Reds last year, but obviously going into last year, there's certainly plenty of questions about him. Uh, hadn't played baseball in a while for a variety of reasons that have obviously been well chronicled and that that he's talked about at length now, but. Um, yeah, certainly Barton is one of those more interesting prospects, guy with an interesting background. Um, but certainly he has the tools. And for the Cardinals, you know, why not take a risk on a guy like that? I'm not sure if the Cardinals really have what it takes to, to contend in the NL Central this year. So why not, why not let Barton, why not throw him out there? Why not grab him, uh, have him develop a little bit at the major league level this year? Maybe some of those tools uh, become a little bit more refined and get more developed uh, in the upcoming years, so that maybe in a couple of years and a few years down the line, uh, Barton's a guy who's able to to be, you know, an average big leaguer and be able to to be able to give you a, a certain amount of production that uh, you can be satisfied with and be comfortable throwing out there every day. Indeed. Did you have anything else to add? Uh, Randor Beard on the on the Orioles. I thought that was a, a nice pickup. He's still uh, up there, I believe. Mm-hmm. Certainly, given the the Tigers' bullpen situation right now, uh, some of the problems. They're having there with their health. I think he's he's certainly a guy who, who they could have protect, protected, uh, but the Orioles, uh, I think they made a, a pretty wise move picking him up there. So that's uh, another another example of a potential Rule Five pick who uh, who could make a difference. Uh, well, problem is he's going to play on the Orioles this year, so make a difference is a, a bit of a relative term. But but down the line, down the line. Look <laughs> up Greg Levine. Doesn't hear this. Well, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to not going to go there. So. But you know, now, now down the line, you know he could make a difference. It seems like the Orioles are—they're going to have a lot of salary off the books uh, in a, in a couple of years now. So it seems like they're heading in the right direction, uh, trading for guys like Chris Tillman and and Adam Jones. So it seems like they're making a, some of the some moves in the right direction there in the in the AL East. It's going to be it's going to be a pretty stacked division in a couple of years, that's for sure. So, but getting back to Randor Beard, uh, yeah, he he could help them out in their bullpen a little bit down the line.
0: Yeah, Rando Beard, the third pick in the draft. The first two also relievers, Tim Leahy, who's in camp with the Cubs, and Evan Meek with the Pirates, also could make their teams and be uh, serviceable relievers in year right. one. And that's that's I think a lot of that.
1: That's what you're looking for a lot of times in the Rule Five draft. You know, you can the Reds can get into Josh Hamilton, but you know how many Josh Hamiltons are there? Well, one, I guess. But. <laughs> You know, a lot of times you're just looking for guys who can help supplement your roster, guys relievers, and obviously the Royals were front and center with that with that last year with a guy like Soria. So if you can if you can get a setup man or just a, a guy like that, just to, who can play a part on your roster throughout the season, uh, then it's it's good for a team to be able to use that to its advantage to to help win more ball games. And that's what it's all about. Uh,
0: for Ben Badler, I'm Matt Eddy, and this has been the Baseball America podcast.